0: Welcome back to part two. You stinking stud, you did it. It's me, the cute dog with man versus marriage. Just want to remind you, this is part two of the Become Superman in Your Marriage series, Lover on Purpose. You got to get it done. I hope you enjoy part two. Let us know what you think. See you on the inside of this episode. The Podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly really about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man versus Marriage Podcast. Now, you know, Jeannie was talking, Jeannie and I were talking earlier, and, and it's like, when I'm angry... This is her. When I'm angry, there's only one person I will accept touch from, and she. You said that was me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When I'm angry, I don't want anybody to touch me. Give me my distance. Yeah. Let me blow off some steam and work through some things, and then we can get into physical touch if it's necessary. Now
1: there is an adapt an, an adaptation to that because if you are angry and and I need the touch. Yeah. He will allow, I'll I'll touch his shoulder or rub the top of his head or something. And it's just an affirmation for me to know I'm not the cause of the anger or it's a temporary thing Mm -hmm. because if he doesn't allow me to touch him, it's like, ooh, okay, wait a minute. And now I'm, I'm in that space of, oh crap, what I do? Why are
0: you welling up?
1: I don't know. And it's like one of those, because to cut off touch for me is a big deal. Yeah. Big deal. But, um... I know it's like okay, touch the shoulder, see the reaction and I'm good. If you tell me I really just can't have touch right now. I know it's not me. You're not mad at me and I and it it's just setting a boundary. But if we if you don't communicate those things. Yep. My head will automatically go to oh crap, I pissed him off. What did I do? And I I immediately go into a circle. It's no one's fault. We all do this. We take things and we interpret it based on what we're seeing
0: Mm -hmm. or
1: maybe you're guilty for something and you're like, oh crap, he knows about it. I don't know, but everybody has this mechanism where we automatically go to that.
0: Yeah. Just assume it's about us.
1: Um, I'm the, I'm the person where when I'm angry or frustrated or like when my dad was really sick, I was really struggling to keep my emotions in check because we were literally day to day one day we're good the next day we're not sure if he's going to make it so my emotions were all over the map and then we had the Sia situation going on at the same time and it was there was just a lot all at once and Quincy's role in that was when he was home buffer me from the kids not because I don't want to be with my kids, not because I don't love my kids, but I can't process and just have a breakdown when he's at work and I have to be in charge of nine people and autism is doing its thing. I have to lock everything down and function and just kind of get through my day and then when he comes home, now I can have that, that time if I need it. But in that, he shelters me from the kids. So if the kids are starting to act up or you know, they want to kind of get on my nerve and play or they're trying to get me out of my mood. He will play buffer and say, okay, wait, nope. If you need something, you need to come to dad. Mom needs time to herself. She's she's dealing with something you need to give her her space or he'll come back in and say, now's not a good time to play. And there have been moments where kids will joke and I don't even respond. Like I, I'm just in that place so deep that I don't even respond. If I did, I would shoot the jugular in a heartbeat. And Quincy will step in. And sometimes it's an aggressive, you need to back off. But it took us figuring out and communicating, this is what I need because I don't want to hurt the kids. I don't want to lash out on somebody that it's not their fault that I'm dealing with this hurt right now. It's not their fault that I'm I'm trying to figure out. I mean, we were trying to figure out how we're going to travel during the beginning of covid when travel was banned and my dad is in a hospital by himself and my mom can't be with him. And there was just a lot going on and I'm 15 hours away. So whatever happens, I just have to deal with whatever happens. I'm here. So there was a lot weighing on my chest. It's not an excuse. It's simply Quincy recognized that. So during the day, I got a lot of phone calls. How are you doing? Where's your heart? Do you need anything from me? Is there anything I can do for you? Do you need me to come home? Are you okay with the kids? You know, do you want me to ask one of them to take over dinner duties? These were the conversations because he knew what state I was in mentally and emotionally. That's what we're talking about. Being able to recognize, like if he's had a really, really crappy day and I know, because he'll call me on his drive from home and be like, oh my goodness, blah. It's like, okay. And It's nothing, it's nothing personal to any of us, but I will set the kids up before they come home. Okay, you guys are going to give dad his breather. He's going to go upstairs and change his clothes. He's going to do what he needs to do before dinner. I want all the chores done. I want everything ready so we can have a nice quiet family dinner. We'll pick a funny movie. You know, I lay it out ahead of time and just tell him he's had a rough day. If I know that that it's been that bad or that he just needs to be loved on, That's what I tell them. Your dad needs to be loved on. We have friends. If they're going through something emotional and they're going to come, they want to come and visit. It's like we tell the kids, this person just needs to be loved on. People come here to get loved on by our kids. And a lot of people run from us, but (laughs) there are people who come here because there's no judgment in it. You need to be loved on. Okay. We're going to love on you. If you need us to leave you alone, we're going to leave you alone. But had we not learned, I need a check in. Because I will spiral into my own little dark pit. He will check in with me on a regular basis, even if it's just a text message. I mean, it takes two seconds to send a text message. Mm -hmm. Um, When he's having a rough day or if he's trying to process through something and it's frustrating him or maybe even if it's, you know what, I just got this really cool idea and he just needs to be excited for a minute. Okay, then I need to stop what I'm doing put my stuff aside and listen and get excited with him. Even if it's one of those ideas that I'm like, oh dear God, okay, this is this is definitely a cloud moment. I still need to be aware. He doesn't need me to shoot down his balloon. He needs me to jump on for the ride, get excited with him, and then later we'll have a conversation about it and we can talk out where it goes. But in the moment, the emotion that he needs from me is just support my excitement. I'm happy. Be happy with me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm frustrated. Can you help me get through the frustration? Or just give me a minute to be frustrated and let me be pissy. And when I'm done being pissy, I will tell you. But if you don't communicate that and you're just being pissy, guess what? Mm-hmm. Your pissy leaks out to everybody else. And now they're pissy. And in a house this size, uh, that's a whole lot of piss, dude. I'm just saying. It is. <laughs> I'm it just is. saying. And, and
0: that's definitely one thing that uh, I noticed early on in our, like, in our journey of getting, uh, you know, the marriage counseling and and coaching with Rita, is that the way I come home and my attitude and emotions could really swing the house to a positive or to a negative, and how I help support my wife and my kids emotionally truly matters, and, you know, Jeannie mentioned it, and, you know, she needed emotional support um, because she was dealing with a lot of anger. She was dealing with a whole lot of uh, depression, And we were trying to navigate our way through that. And Coach Rita, you know, taught us early on in in our coaching path about asking permission and giving each other permission if we saw, you know, each, either of us being a little too sharp uh, with the kids or with with one another and our emotions were getting the best of us, we we were, we gave each other permission um, to call it out in a you know, not in a way in a way to attack one another, but in a way in such a way to remind uh, the other person about our emotional commitments and how we were going to carry ourselves.
1: Well, and we still to this day, if something's going on, it's not just a taken for granted. I have permission. It's a can I tell you what I'm seeing right now? Can I can I give you what I think without you? getting frustrated with me like can, can you hear me in this moment and just let me say it you still for us we still sometimes especially if it's something we know is going to be hard or it's something that um the other person me in particular is probably going to snap back really fast Quincy will say can I have permission it's just a reminder to say you've given me permission before I already know I have it but do I have it right now or do you need me to wait
0: yeah, sometimes it's a look, and then sometimes it's so in the moment. It's like, honey, good grief.
1: <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> and, so, and the, of course, those kinds of things are in lighter moments. But, um, you know, there was a time for me where if you asked me if I was okay and I was upset, it would piss me off. It would make me so much more angry. And I would really take that out on Jeannie um, out of ignorance. And, you know, sometimes it was other circumstances and, and she would say, hey, are you okay? It's like, inside I'm going, that's the dumbest question ever. Don't ask me that. I hate that question. I didn't really understand why. And then her and I would argue, and she and and she you could tell that I'm steaming up, you know, I'm mad, and she would ask me, "Are you okay?" And it's like, "You are the source of my fury right now. What do you mean am I okay? Don't ask me that crap." I didn't really understand why Coach Rita helped us work through that because she's brilliant at asking questions. But you know, it was for me in those situations, it's almost like I expected you to know what I was upset about with communicating in it, that, that I was not okay. And I had to give you permission and understand where you were coming from because you were authentically, you know, checking on me emotionally. Are you doing okay? And uh I, you know, we've talked about it many times on this podcast, but we're at the at the movies and arguing and fussing and who says you don't talk at the movies? Um, mm-hmm. And you were like, "Are you okay?" And it's like, "I'm always gonna be okay. You never have to ask me that question again. I will always be okay." And I said it very horribly. And yeah, I, you
1: had your a hole hat on that day.
0: And I meant it horribly because I was mad, but I didn't. I just didn't understand the underlying piece of why it wasn't okay. For people to ask me if I was okay. But I had, you know, a large part of it, I really believe, comes from, you know, being a kid from a broken home and having to just make your way.
1: Mm-hmm. Survival.
0: And not realizing that your your intentions were authentically to check on me and see if I'm doing all right.
1: I Over the, the course of time, I have changed the approach. Like, now I'll say, are you all right because you seem frustrated or I'm kind of hearing an edge to your voice I just want to make sure or you look a certain way that way he understands I'm not like I'm not just picking at you something seems off to me but it also gives him the awareness to say okay something I'm doing is setting her off to make her think I'm not okay and that it's like I said it's subtle changes in verbiage oftentimes which Rita had to like hammer into both of us Okay, if you say it this way, they're taking it this way. Whether you mean it or not, for whatever reason, it's flipping this switch. You need to find another way to say it so that we don't flip the switch. Being parents of autism has given us some skills at redirecting and adapting how we say things. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, that's been one blessing that's come out of it. But it's just both of us come from places where survival is just what we know. But when you're together and you're trying to build a life together, you can't just survive. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if I survive and he doesn't. If he doesn't, it, it's not my. It's not a life. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like I'm leaving you behind. You do your thing. I'll do mine. And at some point, we'll meet in the middle here and there. But otherwise, we're just you know two people living in a house.
0: Yeah, and then you can you can take those those words and phrases or buzzwords and add them to your, you know, to your game plan and your playbook. And when I say this, th- this is what I mean and I authentically am checking in to see if you're doing all right. How is your heart? How are you handling this situation? Because you may not be a really emotional dude, but that doesn't mean there aren't areas in your life where you need some emotional support. And I would say for your wife, she definitely needs your emotional support. Now, if it's gone on for a while and things have, you know, have been rocky or frustrating or you're in a bad spot, she may not be willing to share that with you because people who don't feel heard, they're just not going to take the risk of sharing what, where their needs are emotionally.
1: Yeah, that that's where we met a lot of struggle because I didn't feel like I had a voice. And no matter what I said, there there were two things that would happen. One, it would be written off and everybody would give me the excuse of, oh, but honey, you have eight kids. So I'm just supposed to accept whatever it is that's bothering me and move on like it's not a failure or it's not something that I should be irritated with because i have eight kids it's it's expected i have eight kids so it's okay it's like the the waving the flag of grace you have grace because you have eight kids but that doesn't necessarily mean i have grace in everything i still need to make corrections and i still need to better myself for those eight kids and i still need to make sure that those eight kids don't grow up to be a-holes mm-hmm. you know but then there was the opposite of I had every right to be angry. I had every right to be frustrated, and they would feed that flame and make it worse. And it's like, okay. I I can't choose a side. Either I'm I'm I've got people that I go to that that flame everything, and people that I go to that just blow it off. But nobody was hearing me. I didn't want to be accepted, and I didn't want to be given grace. I want to know how to fix this,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and nobody got that so I just felt like I'm going around in circles and nobody can understand what I'm saying because everybody just wants to make it go away or build it up so you had to deal with it and it's like that that, no I, I I need to be heard so when we sat down with Rita Rita was like okay you're gonna say everything that you need to say Quincy's going to listen and say nothing And I'm going to listen and I'm going to help you explain to Quincy what you're saying. It was hard. But it helped because I could say something and Rita would say, okay, so like I gave the example, he's always gone. He's never home. He's always doing stuff for other people, but we never ranked top priority. And I felt like you just expected me to take over the house and the kids and do what needed to be done while you went and did these other things with other people. And I knew you were trying to make money. You were trying to to help get a business off on its feet. You you had all these things you were trying to do because you wanted to make a better life for the family. But you just left, and I was expected to carry the rest of it. And Rita just sat down and went, Okay, so Quincy, you're leaving her with all the kids, and you're not supporting her. She feels like you just expect her to raise the children while you go live a separate life. How does that make you feel? The look of shock on his face was just priceless because he had no clue that that's how I felt. But everybody else had opinions of, well, you should be telling him this. And if I was me, I'd be giving him hell and I'd be telling him da-da-da-da-da. And then there's the other group that's, well, yeah, you know, I mean, he's trying to make a living. He's trying to make money. He's trying to do what he can for his family. And it is your job as a mom of eight. That's like, yeah, but I can't keep up with eight. I have no energy left in me at the end of the day. And then I'm supposed to be wife. Dude, 10 minutes is all you're getting. It wasn't even, we only have 10 minutes. It was just the mentality of 10 minutes is all you're getting because that's the only energy I have left. That wasn't the marriage that we signed up for. That wasn't the marriage we wanted. And I felt like any way I put that, I sounded like an a-hole because it's all your fault. Or I'm not good enough, so you don't want to be with me. You want to be with everybody else, so you're leaving because this is too much to handle and I'm supposed to just handle it. All the stuff that was going on, now mind you, this is 13 years ago. I mean, Mo's 13 now, so Mm -hmm. it, it was right about the time Mo was being born. All of these things were coming to a head, and Rita's looking at me going, I hear you. Let me tell you what you're saying. And as she, when she said it back to me, he's like, holy crap, she gets it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And then she turned around and looked at Quincy and said, okay, this is what she's saying. Tell me what you heard. And his version was completely uh-huh. different, but that's what we needed. And then it came out of, okay, she physically needs you there, but emotionally she needs you to pick up some things and give her a breather because... I was a breaking point. And it wasn't even about wanting a divorce or wanting to leave or, you know, it, it was, I was at a mental breaking point. I was going to go into a physical, emotional breakdown and I was going to get sick. I mean, we were, we were there. Mm-hmm. That, that was the whole reason I even started seeing Rita in the first place. It's like, I have to do something because I know where this is going. I can feel it. But she gave us those tools to be able to, when we have a conversation or when when emotions run high, we know now. Okay, wait, stop. Hold on. Your tone of voice is telling me this is totally different than what your words are telling me. So I need I need to know where we're at. Are we angry? Are, are you pissed at me and you just need me to hear this and you need to vent on me? Or are you pissed and you want a solution? Which one is this? hmm we, we learned how to communicate in that respect. And then we also learned, okay, you're frustrated. What do you need? Do you need time out to go take a bath? Do you need me to take care of the kids for a little bit? Do you need me to handle dinner and give you a breather? What, what do you need? And honestly, for a while, it was like, I need us to get away from here. And that's where we learn to build our weekends away or yeah. our, um, our trips. Because if, if I know that you and I have time set aside where I can just completely unplug from everything else and it's just us and my emotional investment is just for that weekend is just you and me, I can roll. I can take hits left and right and I can roll through it because I know you're going to fill me up in that three-day weekend. We're going to get everything out on the table. We're going to refill the tank and we're going to come back home and then in four weeks time, we're going to do this again And, and I can do that. But had we not had that ability to recognize we're at breaking point, you know, emotionally, I can't take on anything else. You come home and and you have stuff going on with work and things are happening. It's so simple to just, you know what? And this is going to sound funny to some people, but I can call a store and order, you know, I need two ribeyes. I need them tonight. When you get home, we're going to have a special little dinner. We're going to have date night in our room. And I tell the kids, dad's had a crappy day. We're having date night tonight. Okay? And it's not, there's nothing for you to do. All I want you to do is come home, get changed out of your clothes, say hi to your kids, visit for a few while I finish their dinner. And then we come up here and we find one of the funniest, stupidest movies we can find. And we let everything else go. And then once the movie's over, you can talk things out. Mm Mm-hmm. But if we don't recognize those things, it can just spin the whole house and everybody. I mean, we've had, we've got so many things that fall into this. We've had days where the house was just, everybody was pissing. We couldn't figure out why. And then when we finally come back to each other, it's like, oh, I was being a real douche that day. (laughs) And I think. I came out of my funk, but I think I passed it off to everybody else. And now I'm dealing with the aftermath. So then we have to have a family meeting and say, okay, mom was a jerk. I didn't mean to upset anybody. This is what was going on. But we own it. We make sure that the kids understand. I let my emotions get the better of me, and I let it bleed over. And and, and we apologize for it. We own our mistake. And then we let the kids air out whatever was going on in those last two days that set them off. All right. And we figure out a way. I mean, we do it with the kids all the time. We've got one that gets really frustrated and the other one likes to tease and play. And when she gets to breaking point, she has a buzzword now. When I say this word, you have to stop. Period. This is a 15-year-old kid. But we had to teach her something Mm -hmm. to keep her from getting to that point. Yep. You know, this is stuff that rolls off. It's not just in a marriage. It rolls off. You start recognizing... In workplaces, you you start noticing, you know, this person is really on edge today. And They're not usually snappy. They're usually the happy-go-lucky. You know, they joke once in a while. They might they might say something smart, Alec, but today they're like really off. You learn the tools real quick and be like, hmm. So what's up? <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it it, it shows me that you, we've kind of created a, a strategy around emotional support within our home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there, there was no part of me... <clears throat> Sorry about that. Jeez, right. I just genied you uh, on the microphone. There was no part of me that didn't want to be home during those times. And, you know, getting home at, you know, 7 o'clock... At night during those times was a lot different than it is now because the kids are a lot more Mm self-sustaining. Back then, them being small, you being completely outnumbered um, by the group, those extra two hours would have been life-changing, you know?
1: Well, and at the time we we were just learning to navigate three kids with autism. I mean, we had one. Yeah. And we we had that one down, and then two and three came along, and we're like, wait, 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 wait. And when two hit her level of autism, that that was a complete three hundred and sixty for everybody. And then when Hunter's was diagnosed, that took an emotional hit for you. Yeah. Like nothing else, and it just put us in a position of uh, now I have to be an emotional support for them, and I don't know how to. Do that? Yeah.
0: What the heck does that look like? Right.
1: <laughs> Autism is a whole other. What does that look like? Scenario. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, and just kind of going back to touching on what what Coach Rita was teaching us when Jeannie would say what she needs to say, I would say what I thought I heard, and then she would kind of give the reality of what was said. There was no part of me that was like, I don't want to be home. Are you crazy? I'm doing all these things so that I can be home more, but not realizing, like I've said in the past, that what my family needed more than anything was my time. And my actions were saying one thing to Jeannie, my intentions we're saying something else, but you weren't receiving my intentions. No, it was because my, only I my was, actions that were affecting you.
1: I was in my own emotional hell. Right. So it didn't matter what your intentions were. Right. My emotions were running everything at that point, and I took it as rejection. I took it as you didn't want us anymore, that we were too much for you, and you were trying to find avenues to get away. And the whole time I'm thinking, I don't get to get away. I don't. Where do I go to get away? I get to go to Walmart for six hours and go grocery shopping. Woo me. Yeah, you know, but again, this is the past. This isn't where we are now. Things are extremely different. But had we not had Rita to intervene and it wasn't just Rita, I mean, we had we've had so many seminars and classes and different things that we've done over the years that it finally we're learning how to do things ourselves. Rita was a great, great person and gave us a great set of tools. It's just like what we're giving you though. This doesn't mean this is always going to be the go-to tool. You have to adjust as your life adjusts. And you we've had do to learn it. yeah, we've had to learn new techniques. <clears throat> but if you don't have the openness with each other and the freedom to say okay, you're really freaking out right now and I am at a loss. I what is my role? What do you need from me? to help you get over whatever this is or get through whatever this is. What is my part? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it's like you want to turn around and go, why do I have to explain this to you? You have to explain it. Yeah, You can't just assume that the other person knows, well, normally I would do this, so this is what you're supposed to do because it may not be right.
0: It is, it is so <laughs> unfair on behalf of your partner to assume that they know What kind of crap is going on in your mind?
1: Or to have an expectation and not verbalize it so that they know when, and it's not just that they know when they fall short, but they know when they meet it. Mm -hmm. If, If, if I come into a room and I, I just need, I just need a hug. I will tell Quincy, I need my spot. And he knows that means I need to hug him and I, everything else needs to be put aside and I just need full attention and a hug. And it's not like a side hug and just hold. No, 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 no. My spot is right here over his chest. My head lays on his chest. I get a full embrace and I stay there until I'm done. But you only know that because we've communicated, this is my spot and when I need it, that's my spot. Yeah. But.
0: You definitely have an emotional connection to that spot.
1: I do. But when, like, it's one of those things though, that even when we are out somewhere, like the the buzzword, these, these are things that you just don't even think about until we start doing this. We're in my parents' house on vacation, and things got a little heated, and stuff was uncomfortable, and I just walked into the kitchen where Quincy was, and he is having a conversation with my brother-in-law, and I looked up and said, I need my spot. He put everything down, and he just grabbed me in a hold, and my brother-in-law looked over and was like, okay. And he turned around, and he walked out of the room. It didn't matter what was going on. If I need that, I get that. Mm-hmm. And nobody else knows what it is. It's not, you don't have to make this like a huge show where everybody else needs to know, well, when my wife says this, We got this is what's going on. That's That's not what this is. This is a communication and an understanding between you and your spouse that when this emotional thing is happening, this is what I need from you. But if you don't put it out there that this is what I need from you, how do they know? And then how crappy do they feel when they don't do it and things get worse or you feel worse and they're like, how do I fix this? Like, what do I do? And a guy, that's like the go-to is I want to fix it. Mm -hmm. So just give me the playbook. Tell me exactly what you need and how you need it. And I will do it. We're the same way to some extent. I may not be able to fix it, but I got to make it better. I just need it to be better because I can't have you being in a funk. You have to be you. If you're in a funk, you're not you. And I don't like it when you're not you. I need you to be you so I can be me. Help me help you. <laughs> you you're like spaced out all of a sudden.
0: No, but I'm listening.
1: We still...
0: I'm learning as you're talking.
1: You still have to tell me stuff when, when you need it from me. You still have to give me... Of course. And like we've said before you know i i we will stop and go okay so what does that look like mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten it floors the other person to go crap i wait I don't, let me think about it and i'll get back to you and let you know exactly what that is and that's okay but at least you have put it out there that i don't understand what does it look like help me understand so i can help you get what you need basics right
0: kind no of. it's it's <laughs> it's anything but basic uh, but it can become part of your fundamentals because emotions, emotions don't always have a rhyme or reason or a specific location. True. So that's why you kind of locate yourself and say, this is what I need. What does that look like? I'm not sure. I just know I need some version of whatever this is. And then you can talk it out or you can get down you know, to understanding what it is because you want to be... You want to be emotionally secure within yourself. But there are some things when you need support, because we all need support, that your spouse is going to help you, is going to play that role of support. And and that does mean that you need to be heard. You need to have a voice. You need to have an outlet you know, somewhere to pour these emotions and be supported through that. And then if you get loose, you need that, you know, that kind of rapport in your relationship to say, hey, dude, what is, you are so sharp, what is going on with you? And, you know, sometimes we can get that way because we're so wrapped up in our emotions, we don't realize it.
1: And when you have this this ability to have these conversations, this is going to sound really weird, but... I'm going there because I have to go there. We have had those moments, too, where it's like, dude, I just need hard, fast sex. I need to get this frustration out, and I need to get it out in a physical manner Mm -hmm. because the emotion is getting to me, and this is the best way for me to do it. It's not hurting anybody. We're both going to be happy in the end. But if you don't have that openness to just say, I need this. Mm -hmm. I mean, Quincy and I joke, I need you to pound the stress out of me. He's like, got it. I understand where we're going with this. (laughs) I'm ready. And it's it's not even, it's just having the freedom to say, I I just, I don't know how else I'm going to get rid of the stress level. So this is what I need. I need to connect on this level, this Mm -hmm. way. And then we'll go from there. He has the same thing. He He can call me and, or, you know, come home and be like, I need this. Tonight, I I need this release because things are just way too much right now. Right. But if you don't have that and you just come home with the expectation that I'm going to go home and we're going to have sex and I'm going to be good, and she might have had a really crappy day. Good luck with that. You need to have you have to be able to communicate it in a way that both of you understand.
0: Yeah. Build this system of support. It's a in huge trust. What you're. Emotional needs are, and I think, judging by what I've heard and listened to during this podcast, and what I've seen from you in this podcast—that you guys can't see because we don't have video yet—it's um, an extremely important area for you to master as much as mastery is possible when it comes to emotions. So, take all this menti freshness. And go after it. Go get it. Fair enough? Fair enough. All right. Anything else you want to say?
1: No, I think we got it.
0: All right. Well, for genie Moran, I am Quincy, the Q Do Moran. And this is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast.
1: How good do you want your life to be?
0: You got to live on purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.